everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Exclusive, the podcast produced by Paper Street Web Design and Marketing. As always, I'm your host, Nancy, the Client Relations Manager here. And today I'm joined by Andrew, our Web Director and Vice President, and Pete, our CEO and General Guru. Nice to have you here today, guys. Thanks for having us, Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. Today we're discussing something that's probably not too familiar for many of our attorney listeners. Um, It's a technical topic, but it's one that users and listeners should really listen to. We're going to talk about website hosting. Who is managing your website? What is your domain? How do you know if you have a good website host? Things like that. And again, it may not be something that you thought you really needed to know that much about, but this is a really important topic for both your security, your performance of your website, the overall ease of use, and everything like that. So Andrew and Pete, I'm really going to turn this one over to you guys today because you are clearly the experts on this topic. And I think you'll have a lot of helpful information to our listeners. You bet. For the first question is probably something that many of our attorney listeners and even just website owners really may not know the full difference of. Can we talk about the difference between your domain and your website host? Yes, absolutely. So for your domain host, that's typically your registrar, actually. That's where you renew your ownership of your domain. That's where you typically house your name servers, uh, which control the DNS for your domain. But that's basically where every year you're going to be paying your registration fees and where you're going to continue to ensure that you are the owner of your domain. Your website hosting is the actual server that powers your website. So the server that powers your website would be your host server. Um, in our case, we use Google Enterprise, we use Liquid Web, we use a number of servers um, that are powerful, best in class for WordPress and for some of our legacy platforms. Do you have anything you want to add, Pete, to that? No, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, the main thing is that you can have a separate uh, domain host um, from your website host, and all, often they are separately. Sometimes you can get a package deal where you get both, but usually those are more shared hosting platforms, um, they may not be best in class for the hosting. So we always recommend having your domain name at a specific domain registrar. Um, you know, we there's a variety of ones out there. GoDaddy, Namecheap um, are the ones that are more popular for, for our clients. Um, and then the, the website hosting completely, can be a completely separate package and often is. Yes, a lot of our clients come to us saying that they have GoDaddy as their host and they get confused if somebody else should be their website host. But is there a recommendation to do a web host separate from your domain host? No, I mean, there's there's no specific recommendation. Um, typically, we we have our own enterprise level servers. So if we're hosting the sites, they're going to be on our servers. Um, we, can, we also have clients who have their own servers and we host there. Um, so, you know, the domain name won't necessarily impact, um, you know, where you host your site. Uh, you can have your domain name anywhere. Um, you can then point it to any other server. Um, we do do all the DNS typically at the domain registrar. Um, so that that helps out a lot and speeds things up. Um, and then it just points, you know, your email traffic goes to one server, your website traffic goes to another server. Absolutely. Is website and hosting different from email hosting, Pete? Yeah, it is. Actually, is. So um, at PaperStreet, we actually don't do... Uh, email hosting anymore. Um, we have a like a handful of legacy clients where we did it for for them for ten years plus, and so we just keep those. Um, typically, though, these days we recommend either using uh, Google Mail, not just actually a Gmail account, but actually getting Google Apps um, for business mail. Or we recommend Office three sixty five is great. Um, we also have used um, a few other vendors too, but those are the two primary ones that we recommend. 
Um, some clients run in-house, uh, you know, uh, enterprise servers as well. That's fine too. But yeah, the the email hosting, when you have the DNS records, the domain name, save your domain name. And that actually is, you know, like paperspeed.com. You have DNS records, which are controlled by the domain registrar and they point traffic to one server or another. So you can have your MX records that point over to your email. You can have your host A records and C name records that point your website to a completely different server in the world. So, All right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that your domain is your URL, like paperstreet.com, but how can someone check who their website host is? Because sometimes I'll ask our clients that question and they're like, oh, I don't actually know who hosts our website. How can you check that? Yeah. So the way that you check that is it's actually not as simple as it seems. Um, if you want to for sure know who is actually hosting your website, I typically tell attorneys uh, they want to check themselves to check the invoices, see who they're paying each month. We <laughs> as Paper Street can, of course, go and we can ping the server. We can see where the server is located and we can typically figure out who is hosting. But for an attorney or for a general business owner to know offhand, the best way to know is see who you're paying monthly. Yeah, that's the easiest way. So just do an email search for like hosting and see what, what comes in um, and you'll you'll see that. There are some sites you can type in, like you can Google like who is hosting this and it's usually a website and then you click on that and you type in your domain name. It's 80% accurate. A lot of times it may give some false positives, but it'll get you in the general area. It may say, you know, where your site's being hosted and so forth. Um, you can also look up the IP address and see who owns the IP address. You could also um, just do a, a, a DNS server search and see, you know, where the host state records are going and so forth. But that gets very technical. That that I'd just ask your web developer for. Right now, a term we've bounced around a lot, and again, it's second nature for YouTube, but not necessarily all of our listeners. But what is a server for the purposes of web hosting? Uh, so, well, this how the server impacts the performance of your website and the purposes of a web hosting server. Uh, the server is essentially what powers your website. So after you build your website, you build a beautiful product, you get it out online. The server is what powers it. It's what makes it so when someone types in www.yourlawfirm.com, what displays your website on the back end is the server. So the server is essentially what makes it so your website is live on the internet. I think that's the easiest way to uh, to put it. And um, as far as the server impacting the performance of your website, that is crucial, having a powerful server. That's why we don't recommend ever going with a basic host like your registrar. So if you own your domain at GoDaddy and GoDaddy offers you $5 per month hosting for your website, we typically do not recommend doing that because you put so much time uh, and effort into building a beautiful product you want to make sure that you have a high-performing website that um, has very high uptime, that the website's not crashing, and that it's properly maintained. So the uh, the performance of your website and the server itself go hand in hand. A lot of times it is you get what you pay for in terms of server protect, uh, of performance. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. Now, another impact that we discussed of how your server impacts your website is security. So Pete, how does your server impact your security? What is another important reason to have a really secure server on for your web host? Yeah, no one likes to get their, their website hacked. Um, so, you know, you, you don't want to do that because it takes hours and hours to re reboot and uh, re reconfigure the site um, unless you have like up to the minute a backup. So you don't want to deal with that. The way to do that is have regular updates schedule. 
Um, your server team should have all the necessary patches for the, the server you're on. Um, and then they also should have uh, regular scans of the server for viruses and malware and intrusions and so forth. So the better hosting companies typically will do that. They'll have a regular update schedule and they'll have regular scans. And then, of course, they'll have backups as well, which we'll get to in a little bit. What would you say is a good number for your regular scans? Uh, the regular scans could be up to a minute. I mean, there could be intrusion detectors software that is monitoring files in real time. Um, so other ones run daily, um, other ones run every four hours and so forth. It depends on what the schedule and the power of the server. Okay. Now let's break down some of the other services provided by a reliable web host, because again, it seems like a lot of times you get what you pay for. So if you have a $5 web host, they're probably not doing some of these aspects. So let's talk about some of the things that I know Paper Street updates, and we can explain to our listeners why you need these options. Um, so first, there's the SFL matter, which is your website, you know, certificate, security certificate. Andrew, can you explain this one for us? Yeah, so Paper Street includes the SSL certificate for um, all of our WordPress hosting clients. The SSL, I think the easiest way to put it for our clients is when you go to a web URL, for example, in Google Chrome, and you see that lock, padlock next to the domain, that proves that your website is SSL compliant and that it is secure. Uh, we include that. It's pretty much required by Google now for them to take you seriously in your search rankings. Uh, and the padlock, the SSL is critical for your website to ensure that your users are getting a secure experience. I'll just follow up with that because I've had this problem with some of our clients that if you don't have an SSL, sometimes your malware will black block those particular websites. For example, I had a meeting with a client and I couldn't access their website through our uh, malware protection because their SSL wasn't up to date. That's correct, right, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's a requirement at this po point, and a lot of the, I guess, very low cost. Hosting solutions do not include SSL certificates. So you have to factor that into the overall price you're paying per month as well for your hosting. Uh, the SSL is critical for security for Google and for your user's experience. Yeah, on that note, on the SSLs, um, almost every web host these days will offer um, Let's Encrypt uh, free SSLs. So your site should have one at this point. So <laughs> if you don't, you need a new web host. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Yes. laughs> All right. Now, another item that I know our Paper Street team checks on our servers a lot is plugin updates. What does this entail when it comes to a web host? Yeah, so mostly what we're talking about here is uh, for WordPress. There are other content management systems that have plugins as well, or extensions as they call them. Um, but we're going to mostly talk about WordPress because it powers the majority of law firm websites out there and it powers the majority of our websites as well. Um, so with plugin updates, uh, you know, a, a good WordPress site will probably have anywhere from four to maybe 10 plugins installed. The We at Paper Street try to install just a base number of plugins per site. Usually around five is our base theme. Uh, and then we add on as needed to from there. A plugin basically is just extra code and software to do a specific function. Maybe it's a newsletter. Maybe it's a different type of menu system. Maybe it's a um, security plugin and so forth. So we have some basic plugins that we use. Um, and they have to be updated. Um, sometimes they have to be updated for security, maybe like once or twice a year. Sometimes they have to be updated just for new feature sets. Um, I, as a developer, I like it, plugins that are mostly just built, run well. They do maybe one or two feature sets a year updates and also obviously security updates. There are some plugins that want to be updated weekly. Obviously, if you're powering 900 plus websites, you know, it gets tedious to try to update all of them and, and get those going. So the, there's a plugin schedule. There's an update, basically. 
Um, in WordPress, there's automatic updates. You can just set that, enable it. And then, you know, as long as you have a regular good backup schedule, it'll actually back up before the plugin's updated. If there's any errors, you can go back to that plug that backup. Um, bad web hosts won't do a backup. So suddenly your plugin will update automatically and your site crashes and you got to go find backups. That's tedious. Don't do that. Um, have a back, regular backup schedule and then run plugin updates after you backup. Um, so that's that's the main thing. Andrew, you got anything else to add on that? No, but I would say actually with plugin updates, that goes hand in hand with the security of your server. If your server is not doing routine plugin updates, then you're probably going to have security issues. Uh, the number one security vulnerability on WordPress is outdated software. So that might be your WordPress version, that might be your plugin versions. Ensuring that you have automatic plugin updates turned on and very routine uh, WordPress version updates turned on is key for running a secure server for WordPress. So for security checks, you wanna always make sure you are running the latest versions of the WordPress plugins and that you are not running any insecure versions. And uh, at Paper Street, we do plugin updates daily uh, for all the websites we host essentially. Uh, so it, it is quite uh, a big task to make sure you're running a secure server, but that's what our clients trust us for. Correct. As a quick little side note, if you're wondering what website plugins you should be using for your site, especially in WordPress, Andrew and I actually did a podcast about that one. So if any listeners want some WordPress podcast info, you can definitely listen to our uh, earlier show on that one. But back to the topic, Pete, what were you going to talk about? I was going to talk about backups because that kind of goes along with the plugins and updates. Um, I know I hit on that a little bit earlier, but you really need to have an automatic backup plugin um, either installed on your WordPress. So if you're hosting on a, a like a shared server that doesn't have a automatic backups, you can install um, like Updraft Plus or some other plugins that will actually automatically update and, and backup. With our servers, we actually do it for you. So we actually don't want those plugins installed because it just does duplicate backups and increases the server size um, and storage size that you need. But, you know, you need to have automatic backups. You, then you need to have a system that anytime the plugins are updated, it automatically backups before them. And then you need to hold them for X number of days, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. Um, and then I always believe in offline in case just something nuclear happens, you, you know, you should have a backup offline on a, a server that's not attached to the internet basically and have storage copies of the website that way. So that's easy to be done. You can email yourself a copy of the backup or, or some Dropbox or something like that and then store it there and then download it to a disk. Yeah, absolutely. And with the website backups too, I think a good host will have their backups offsite as Pete was kind of alluding to. So if you're hosting, let's say hypothetically at Google, run your backups at so that they export to AWS or Dropbox or whatever that may be. Exactly. Right. And then one last item to mention is the, the cache. And I know that a lot of times we've mentioned this like in our support tickets and things like that, and it comes part of being a good web host. So how can, what is a cache and how does that pertain to web hosting? Yeah, so the cache basically is a performance optimization for your server. It, it saves copies of the site uh, to the server so that it loads faster, essentially. So you don't have to completely reload every single aspect every single time the site loads on the server. Uh, economy hosting and shared hosting platforms, they will not have built-in cache, uh, they, you will need to rely on plugins to achieve this. Now, the caveat of running plugins for your cache on WordPress is every plugin you run slows down your website, and having caching at the server level 
is much more effective instead of having it at the plugin level uh, for your website's performance. Now, you and Pete have mentioned this a couple of times. What is a shared server? A shared server is typically a discount host. You may be paying anywhere from 10 to $20 per month for the host. They're going to overload the server, um, you know, and you'll have, end up with what we call the noisy neighbor problem to where your server may be running fine one day, but then someone's having a wild party and then it disrupts the entire server and because they get a lot of traffic. So, you know, d- discount hosts that are, you know, charging 10 bucks a, you know, a host or five bucks even in cheaper, you know, you'll get performance, you know, probably 99% of the time, but 1% of the time of the year, your site's going to be very, very slow. Um, there's going to be network issues. You're going to have to wait, you know, hours for support to get something resolved. And it's just, you know, a headache you don't need. So just pay a little bit more for hosting. Those problems all go away. So you don't have to pay a lot more for hosting. You know, a good host can probably be in the $30, $40 range. And for most law firms, that's a real inexpensive way to make sure that you have almost 100% of time um, and so forth. So shared hosting basically is they'll overload it. You know, we ch- typically keep our um, hosting to, you know, 100 or less sites. A lot of shared hosts will have thousands um, of sites on a server. And so that's where you end up with the noisy neighbor problem. So, All right. Now, part of the decision of who's going to host your website, um, we'll talk about what format your website is in. Um, now, for Paper Street, when we put make a site and put it on our server, we make it that the website is in WordPress. Why do you recommend WordPress for our websites and how does it connect to your web host? Yeah, so... I, I've been doing web development for almost 25 years now. Um, I've actually built our own CMS called Total Control. Um, it, it powers still a couple hundred websites of ours, actually. Uh, the I built it probably 15, 20 years ago, um, and it's run really well. At the same time, WordPress, we've been on WordPress since version, I think, 1.14 or something like that. It was a very early version. Um, I believe Andrew Kirkner on there on I think it's on WordPress 6.0 or something like that now at this yeah, stage. So, yeah, or five, something like that. So uh yeah, 6.31 is the current version. Um so the in terms of WordPress, we use that now. Um we use it for a variety of reasons. Andrew will help me help hit on some of these, but I use it basically based based upon its longevity. Um it's been going for 15 plus years as well. Lots of uh, code and common code has been tested and used. It's widely supported. You can move from server to server. There, the plugin community is huge. Um, so there's tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of plugins out there that are free. There's also thousands of paid plugins where you get even better support. You know, you'll get same day access to updates and and new releases and new features. You can talk to the developers and they may even code something especially for you. So there's just a really large community of that. And WordPress powers a large portion of the, of the internet. So that's the reason why we use it. There are other content systems out there that are just as fine, but those are the reasons we we use it. It's fast, it's flexible, it's capable, um, and it's efficient. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's what our clients want as well. WordPress powers 43% of all websites, and they power 65% of all websites that use a content management system. So essentially, it is the most... Uh, you know, updated, most used content management system there is on the market. So most of our clients that are coming to us nowadays do want to be in WordPress, uh, which, which is great. We, we love working with it. So that that is our preference at this point as well. On a non-technical level, I will say that most of our clients always say that WordPress is easier to use. I mean, I know I've used it very easily. I don't find it too difficult to use. And just it's nice. It's easier to figure out what you're doing. And because it's so widely used, there's also plenty of good resources out there to figure out, okay, I need to add a blog. How do I do that? And things like that. 
Um, just one other thing when it comes to platforms and things like that. Um, sometimes our clients come to us where they're selling, even though it's a law firm, maybe they're selling, you know, some of their law firm books or, you know, uh, videos offered by their attorneys and things like that. How does it work when you're hosting an e-commerce site versus hosting a regular website? And what should law firms do if they have items to sell? Yeah, absolutely. So the good news is, is that WordPress has a software called WooCommerce that is basically their e-commerce software. It's becoming very popular for law firms to start to build their own client portals where they can sell uh, their materials, their expertise, their events, um, and items like that. So we're getting contacted a lot about that. And the great news is that you can build that onto WordPress using WooCommerce. So WooCommerce out of the box is a great solution for uh, setting up a quick, easy membership portal uh, that applies payments to products um, and membership tiers and so forth. So uh, WordPress is an excellent content management system because it has the capability to fairly easily add on the e-commerce solution. And as far as hosting the e-commerce solution, you want to absolutely then make sure that your website is secure and that you're not on a basic host because you need to ensure, uh, especially when you're taking credit card payments, uh, even though you know, you're know you going to be sending those payments off-site, but you need to make sure that you have a secure host and a high-level host, not a basic uh, shared host like we've been discussing. So let's say our law firms are sitting there saying, I think I have a good host, but maybe they don't. What are some signs that our clients should be considering when they're wondering if they have a good host or if they flat out just need a new one? Yeah, I'll give you four uh, areas that I think you should really hit on. Um, the first one is support. Um, call them. See how quickly they answer the phone, how quickly they email you and so forth. So you want to make sure that you have access to them in case there's an issue. Um, typically, we're you know same hour response time on any issue and like fixing the issue, not just responding. Usually we respond within minutes to someone. Um, but we usually fix an issue within an hour. So that's really good. Um, I've been with people to where I've emailed them on Thursday with an issue and they'll get back to us like the next Monday. And that's just like, what is going on? So it's just frustrating. Um, so we we don't do that. You know, that we do the opposite. Um, the next thing is their update schedule. Um, ask them how often they're updating the, uh, the actual server. Uh, most of the hosts out there will have a good patch schedule for the actual server itself, but they're not going to assist you with the actual WordPress updates. Um, so you'll want to make sure that you know, you have a web developer or someone that is managing your actual WordPress environment. Otherwise, what will happen is your new site, it's brand new, shiny, love it, it'll launch. No one's going to update anything. And six months later, something's going to break or you may get hacked because there was a security update. And then it's hours and hours to recover from that if you don't have backups. So make sure that you have a regular update schedule um, and that, you know, if a security patch comes out, it's updated, you know, as soon as possible, definitely within 24 hours. If the if there's a new feature update, those don't have to be done as right away. You know, you can wait a few days, maybe a week, and update those. Um, so because you sometimes you want to test and make sure that the code works and so forth. Um, another thing is speed. Test it out. Um, you sometimes you can load your site to their server, load the site to another server, see which one actually loads faster. There's tools like Pingdom.com. There's the actually just looking at the sites and seeing which one loads faster. Um, there's Google Speed reports too. Um, and so you want to make sure that, you know, you, you have a fast server. And the final thing is security. Um, that kind of goes with the update schedule um, as well. So support, updates and security and basically speed. So those are kind of the three or four topics. All right. Now, let's say you have a great web host. It seems like they're doing everything that they need to be doing. What should you really be doing on your end to help keep your website secure, to help 
keep the speed optimized? What can you do to help the efforts of your web host? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing we've been seeing recently is when you are working on your website, ensure you are not loading, uploading very large media files. So even if you have the best web host in the world, uh, if you are uploading large uncompressed photos or videos or podcasts like this one, if we were uploading the raw uh, audio file, those all will really hinder your web host experience because your web host then has to render those very large files every single time your website loads. So I think from our perspective, that's what we've seen uh, websites have the most issues with is when uh, marketing teams or the client may uh, you know, unknowingly upload uh, large uncompressed images or files. So that's very important. Also, just keeping general good security uh, at your firm, making sure that everyone's well-versed in phishing and uh, uh, attacks and making sure that everyone has unique passwords for their website, you know, their you really want to make sure that from a security standpoint, your IT team and internally, you all are running good security practices because that'll help ensure too that your passwords don't get out in the wild or something like that. Do we have any tips for how to make sure this, those passwords are helpful or useful for security purposes, I should say? Yeah. Use unique uh, passwords use, <laughs> for each account. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Use a password manager. I mean, that's the, that's the basic thing. If, if you're storing passwords, uh, just use a password manager. They're free. Uh, there's paid ones too. Um, I'm not going to, you know, say who we use for security purposes, but we have one and, uh, you know, use it, put it in there. Um, uh, it'll help you load everything quicker. Um, uh, you can have, it'll, you can set it to have like 16 plus characters of random generated things and you don't have to remember it all. Um, you know, for smaller sites, I always recommend just, you know, having a password manager too. So that's the main thing. Absolutely. I would note too, if you use a password manager, ensure that everyone internally at the firm has multi-factor setup. That should be a requirement for password managers to keep your password manager secure as well. Yeah. And what do you suggest for two-factor authentication? What the, Our audience may not know what that is. Oh, that's where you have to put in some extra digits. Like typically, if you log into your bank, it's going to send you a text message or it may do it through an app. Uh, and so you have a second set of codes. You put in your username and password, then you either get texted or you have something like Google Authenticator um, or there's other ones out there too. And then you'll look at that and then type in another series of codes after the fact, after once you logged in. And that allows yeah. you to have, even if your password got cracked, so, so long as you didn't lose your phone or mobile phone, um, no one still can get in. And then, you know, you're good to go. So absolutely. All right, Andrew and Pete, I think we've given our listeners some definite food for thought. And hopefully everyone will take some time to reevaluate if their web host is doing what they need for them. Um, obviously, you don't have to choose Paper Street. We always encourage that. But just make sure whoever it is you're using follows the criteria that we've outlined in this show and really does the best to keep your website secure and performing as best it can. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you, Andrew and Pete, and we'll talk to you again next time.